Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. In January 2019, we launched the What Fuels You podcast, and since that time, I have had the honor of featuring and highlighting leaders and their incredible stories. Though I'm eager to continue sharing these stories with you, I want to make space for different and relevant content for this unique and challenging time. While we all navigate the COVID-19 pandemic together, on this podcast and the upcoming ones, I'll be having more focused conversations with leaders to help answer questions, get key insights, and share stories of inspiration around how they and their teams are adapting during this new reality. I hope you enjoy these episodes of the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Angela Dunleavy Stowell. Angela was the co-founder and CEO of Ethan Stowell Restaurants for 11 years, helping open 16 of Seattle's best restaurants. In 2018, she decided to take her restaurant experience and expertise and her passion for helping those in need over to Fair Start, where she serves as their CEO. The nonprofit that disrupts poverty through food and job training is currently focused on bringing together partners from across the Seattle area to prepare and distribute emergency meals to vulnerable groups impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you so much, Angela, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to see you. It's so great to be here. It's such a great um break in my day to be able to come. I know everyone that asks like, how are you doing? I'm like, it's hour by hour. So this is a good hour. I get to see you and, um, and I get to harass you with some rapid fire. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, I started with rapid fire. Old school. Wake up. Hope you've had your coffee. (gasps) Um, okay. What are the three words people most often use to describe you? I think tenacious, probably a little controlling. My kids would say that. And um, very giving, I think. Yeah, I was going to say generous. Like, I don't know you that well, but the little that we've known each other, I'm like, this is a generous spirit. You can just feel that. Um, Which chef, if you could have any national, international, would you want to have uh, come and cook for you at Fair Start? Oh, that's a great, um, a really great question. Um, So I am a huge fan of Chef Kwame. Um, I never get his last name right, so I'm not even going to say it. Um, But Kwame, um, he wrote this wonderful book, um, Notes from the Young Black Chef, has um, a great restaurant in D.C., and I had a chance to sit on a panel with him a couple of months ago, and he's really just so inspiring and love to have him come well, maybe Seattle. maybe we'll get this into his hands and maybe we can get into it. I know, I know. Um, given that we're talking about food and that you're around it all day, every day, I'm curious yeah. if you follow any sort of special diet or guidelines as it relates to food. Oh, well, I mean, these days I'm just trying to like, step one, make sure you eat it. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm definitely in like the food for fuel moment in my life. Um, mm-hmm. So today I've had like a granola bar and a piece of toast and an yeah. apple. Um, but no, I, you know, having been around food for my entire career, um, like the COVID-19 has got nothing on me. Like I was a restaurateur for years. Like I like did my freshman 15, like 15 years ago. So, um, no, I just try to eat healthy though. I have gone to a lot more plant-based eating. I follow this like vegan Instagram account and they're like, okay, is everybody not getting the message? And they talk about all the different, the swine flu, the bird flu that, and I'm like, I'm kind of grossing out. But every time I think about going vegan and then somebody puts like chicken or steak in front of me, I'm like, 
Oh wait, no, I do love animal protein. But I, mean, I agree. Moderation. Plant- no better. And moderation is yeah, kind of what I'm moderation. calling. Moderation. Yeah. Okay. So given that you've been a triathlete, are you mm-hmm. bike, swim, or run? Which one's your favorite? Run. Run. Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh man, um, this is terrible. I don't watch movies. Like I'm. Well, that's why you're so productive. You're I one of those. Know. Come on. What about uh, old school? Old um, can school. we like favorite sixteen movie. candles? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, okay, fine. Favorite book. We can switch it up. Do you read? Yes. Okay. What's your um, favorite book? So I would say like my all-time favorite book that I could read like on repeat is. Um, any book by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, I love, mm-hmm. love, which um, love in the time of cholera just seems, you know, well, appropriate now. Yeah. Um, and um, I love um, a local author. Her name is Kristen Hanna. Um, she's from, I think, Gig Harbor, one of the, the peninsula. And she just writes such amazing um, books. She wrote um, uh, uh, Mockingbird. Um, it was like, I, I like a lot of like World War II, like historical fiction. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling like lame. I love that you're, you're naming these like sophisticated authors and books. Okay. So you have to have one. You have to tell me what is your guilty pleasure? I'm getting, it's not food and it's not movies. Oh gosh, no. Um, I definitely have some like guilty pleasure food. Like I was eating Nutella directly out of the jar last night by the spoonful. So that's so funny. <laughs> My kids laugh because I get them the whipped cream to put on like berries and every now and then they catch me and I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it out of the... <laughs> <laughs> out yeah. of the canister right into my mouth and like whoops sorry <laughs> a new guilty pleasure that I've discovered through this whole thing because we, I, you can get them shipped with these pretzels called dots pretzels mm. and they are from like North Dakota but they are like a little spicy um a little bit buttery packed with MSG they're terrible for oh, you oh I don't even want to know about those we um, have so much junk in our house right now. That's so funny. Well, so um, I've been asking you to be on the podcast and we've been trying to mm-hmm. schedule for a long time. And with your crazy schedule and mine, it landed on this moment in time during this pandemic. And so we're pivoting what we're talking about. And normally I would get really deep into your background and I'm, I kind of like girl crush on you, as you know. And so Same. I want to talk all day long about you and your upbringing and, and just kind of what a badass you are. But let's start with, for those who don't know what Fair Start is, what is Fair Start? So uh, Fair Start's been around for almost 30 years. Uh, we're a social enterprise nonprofit um, that provides job training and um, wraparound um, resources for individuals who um, have been experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment, um, addiction, incarceration, mental illness, um, we work with both adults and youth. Uh, so prior to um, the COVID-19 crisis, we did a lot of our training in our restaurant at 700 Virginia, um, our two cafes, one located on the Amazon campus, the other at Pack Tower, and then through a lot of catering. Um, but really at the heart of Fair Start um, was uh, community meals. So we do about 950 meals to the community, low-income child care centers, homeless shelters, et cetera. Um, and we've been doing that for a long time. So that's yeah. how we did our training. And so we've now obviously had to, to pivot all of that. But um, oh, Fair Start has long been just um, such a critical resource to the community. So I, I, when, I, you know, when I took over as CEO, it was really such an honor and real dream job for me. Yeah. And um, I'd be curious to know what drew you there. That's my first question. Mm. 
So I was going through some life changes um, at the time and looking to kind of find my next chapter in my career and, and personal life at the same time. And um, I so happened to, as much of Seattle works, a friend of a friend uh, recommended me to a recruiter. And I had been doing, you know, at, at um, ESR, my previous company, had been doing a lot of community engagement work, had been doing um, a lot of board work and just how our company was interfacing with the community. So uh, I had been on the United Way, I've been on the, I'm still on the United Way board, but had been on for a long time um, and co-chaired one of their campaigns. So it was really this perfect time where I had this restaurant expertise, which is really what the job training that we do at Fairstar, and it's all around food and food service. Um, at, um, expertise. And then I also had been doing this community work and raising a lot of money for charity. And so, you know, it really felt like it's like a perfect I, collision of everything. Absolutely. And I felt that and I think that the board um, really was just perfect timing. Yeah. And so what is the vetting process? How do you protect yourself and your staff? Well, I mean, we really, we serve those who are in need. So we serve people who have made some really bad choices in their lives and some people who some really bad choices were made and, and affected them. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we do draw the lines um, at, um, you know, um, bringing in the high level sex offenders or not mm -hmm. acceptable, accepted into our program. But, you know, we do have people who have done some really terrible things. And you're giving them a second chance. Because you know what, I mean, and that's really what this comes down to for us is every, you know, we all, we've all had a situation in our lives where we've needed a second chance and maybe somebody has given us that second chance or we're lucky enough that we have had somebody grab us by, you know, the shirt um, before we really went down that Yeah, way. and guided us for sure. And so I think for the, for the folks that we work with, um, particularly those coming out of um, incarceration, like we just, we really believe that, that people deserve an opportunity to thrive and, and that's, that looks like a second chance for a lot of people. Um, that said, we do have for our adult programs, we do um, really um, uh, emphasize sobriety, the need for sobriety, because for so many people, that's what's going to keep them oh, for sure. from being able to maintain a job. Um, so we do require that our adult uh, culinary students be clean and sober. Um, a little bit different for our young people that we work with. Um, we work with um, youth in a barista program who are experiencing homelessness and also youth at Seattle Interagency Academy, which is a, a credit retrieval, what we would probably call an alternative school back mm. when we were younger. Um, and they, we just need to meet them where they are a little bit more. And so yeah. it, we have a harm, it's called a harm reduction model where we we work on, you know, more sobriety, mm -hmm. um, giving them but the, the skills. Those, yeah. You know, and people, you know, in our programs have to ha be stable enough in either their mental health, um, uh, or their recovery to do the job training program. Right. So it's there, there are some guardrails that get put in. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. And I know that right now you're on the front lines of this area's COVID-19 response yeah. and you're serving um, and preparing and distributing emergency meals all over the place. I'm curious to know um, who you're supporting and how you're going about this. Yeah. So we to date, um, so it's April 13th today when this podcast is being filmed. So to date, we've done over 130,000 meals. Wow. Um, yeah. So we are serving those in places like DESC, which is the Downtown Emergency Services Center, uh, Plymouth Housing, which is a permanent supportive housing organization, 
the YMCA, um, Boys and Girls Clubs, um, even Ronald McDonald House. So we're actually serving at last I checked uh, 26 locations. So oh, really that's focused incredible. on yeah, really focused on um, the most vulnerable in our community. So uh, people who are experiencing homelessness, um, low-income seniors, um, med medically fragile, and um, those uh, families um, whose kids are on free and reduced lunch, uh, getting mm. some meal support to those families. Yeah, that's incredible. And so um, what's keeping you up at night right now? I mean, how are you keeping your own staff and yourself safe as far as just like the distancing yeah. and being around food? And what are your measures that you're taking? Well, we put a lot in place. And actually, one of the groups that I forgot to mention, the first uh, group that we started working with really in this um, in this effort was the King County quarantine site. So mm -hmm. we are, you know, we are really working at the front lines and knowing that we're delivering food to locations where there are, you know, um, active um, COVID outbreaks. And so uh, what we have been really diligent about putting in um, you know, standard operating procedures that really follow very closely the CDC guidelines. Uh, we did um, suspend our training. So um, our students, when they're going through their training, it's a lot of applied learning. So they're working mm -hmm. with us to provide these community meals and mm -hmm. our restaurant meals. And so um, we are, are still supporting our students, but uh, in their housing and wraparound, but we've had to, you know, uh, pause training, uh, really just bring in um, staff from around our organization, um, redeploy them in different ways, uh, and then spread out across. If you were to walk down seven, you know, 7th and Virginia right now and look in our window, it's like packed with boxes and tables mm. and everything getting um, to, to get the meals set up and, and logistics um, coordinated and out the door. So we've just redeployed every inch of the building that we've needed to um, and redeployed staff and making sure that we our temperature checking everyone every day that they're coming into the building before a shift and in the middle of shift. Um, we have masks, all the PPE that's now being recommended. So everyone's in a mask and we have eye gear. And so lots yeah, of all of it, all of it, you know, the good news about restaurants and for anyone who's out there picking up meals from their favorite restaurant, the good news is, is we've all been, you know, it's been hammered into our brains, our entire careers that, you know, food safety and sanitation. So, you know, this is a sector in an industry and we're an organization that just has been doing this anyway. Yeah, it's so, just, just baked into it. It's, yeah. It is, yeah. And so what is the COVID-19 Response and Recovery Fund? So we um, have been really uh, fortunate to be able to pivot our organization to be at the forefront of this response. And again, um, funding, uh, providing meals to the community. And so um, our response efforts and that fund um, is really to support um, the, that meal production, those meal needs. Um, it's um, direct food costs, uh, staffing, um, student and graduate support. So again, we're still, for our students, when they come into our um, programs, we, if they don't have housing, um, that is something that we require. So we provide their housing for them. Wow. So doing that. We're still doing virtual case management and recovery services. So some of the response fund will, uh, is funding that. Um, and then we just have, you know, we were just talking about these protocols. There's so much increased cost to keeping everyone safe. Um, and, you know, as we think about pivoting and where does response stop and recovery starts, um, you know, thinking about all of the costs that, you know, not only organizations like Fair Start, but um, other nonprofits around the region, around the country, um, and businesses for that matter. There are just so many costs. You don't just flip the switch and things turn back on. It's just 
there's a lot that goes into into doing all of that and so um, it will be you know continuing to provide community meals it'll be you know increasing employment support um, once everyone is mm. able to go back to work because a lot of our graduates um, are without jobs right now and so we yeah. know that there's an increased need and support that we're going to have to um, that we're going yeah. to have how many um how many people are on the team at fair start oh gosh um about 260 270 and so as you've tried to lead through that i mean all of us you know there's no manual there's no playbook yeah. for this yeah. have you set corporate culture and your values and and if so how are those playing out right now mm -hmm. yeah we really li live in our values of openness and accountability and respect and um, and I think that one of the things that we that I did early on with along with senior leadership team and our board was make a really firm commitment that um, and I remain committed that not one person will be laid off from fair start wow. during, because we are such an essential business um, and as an essential organization. So I started to kind of work backward. Um, and it was really that commitment to staff and commitment to our community um, that I think has has helped us pivot. Um, I think that, you know, that, that open and transparent communication has been really crucial during this mm -hmm. time. And, and, you know, I am um, go, still going into the office a few days a week um, and going into the kitchens and, you know, it's just really having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and saying, I don't know what happens next. And we're going to get through it together and um, being really open, um, lots of emails going out to staff, lots of communication about, what we do know, what we don't know, um, what we're hearing, um, you know, what what um, rumors need to be put to bed. For what sure, are true, you know. And so it's just been really needing to be on top of it. And we yeah. also implemented a, an incident command model where we are meeting every day with our a, a core member of our senior leadership team and then our broader leadership team every morning. Um, to do updates, just things are changing so quickly. Things are changing so quickly. And so um, what can the community do? What can people like us do to support Fair Start? Well, I think, you know, right now, I know that there are so many people who have lost their jobs and, are, and uh, you know, the economic uncertainty for so many is is a real and, and troubling thing. I would say for those who, who have not experienced that and have the capacity to give, philanthropic support right now is really what Fair Start and so many other organizations need. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's really, you know, what the community can do. And also remember, you know, down the road, you know, six, eight, 12 months, two years from now, you know, that we're still going to be around and our needs are still going to be there and just keeping us, you know, sort of at the, at the front of mind. Um, and then I also think that it's, you know, what can, what can folks do? I think if you're a business owner and you're in a food service, um, in the food service sector, when you can turn things back on, thinking about the people in the community who are really marginalized right now mm -hmm. um, and, and really are going to have even greater barriers to getting rehired and taking a chance on people. Yes, believing in good, right? Like just putting believing that good energy good. out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think that's right. I think that's crucial. And so you started to talk about the numbers um, as far as how many meals you've served to date, but like, where are you on a trajectory as far as your weekly meal count? And where is that relative to what you're used to as a company? Yeah, well, to give you uh, a little perspective, just the homeless shelter meal increase has been about 1400%. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> 
So it's, you know, exponential increase. And we're still, you know, I, I, I'm often asked, how long do you think we'll be in this state? And I don't know if we're, if we're using, you know, sports analogies, like, are we in the, I don't know, are we in the first quarter of a full right. game? Right. Um, I think that we're in this for a little while and it's so hard to tell. Um, we do have capacity with community partners uh, to do up to 50,000 meals a day. Yeah. Um, so we're hovering this week between 10 and 20,000, I believe. That's but amazing. We're in, but the interesting thing is it's been, you know, I keep saying we're in this hurry up and wait mode because the needs assessments are really just starting to come in. You yeah. Know, now, a couple weeks out from people's last paychecks uh, and this being a protracted event. And so as time goes on, need is going to become greater and greater. And the strain on the food banks um, has been really just so tragic to yeah. watch and makes our services even more necessary. Uh, yeah, it's super scary. We got involved um, and we've been helping with All in Seattle um, mm -hmm. as a company. Yeah, yeah, no, of course we had yeah. Jill Singh and um, Heather Redmond on the podcast yeah. last oh, week good. talking about that. And um, I want to just, just want to highlight as much as we can. Um, my friend, um, Alyssa, who has Gourmando Catering, mm -hmm. Um, has been um, just kind of grassroots giving to um, to youth cares. And mm -hmm. last week, a group of us women business owners just like got together and like, well, I'll feed, you know, one meal, two meals, three meals. And I just think all of this, like all hands on deck, everybody yeah. divide and conquer yeah. and just block and tackle approach to yeah. this. Like, how do we yeah. just get people fed? Yeah. Um, I will tell you, just calling out Alyssa specifically, they've been great about like, we've been coordinating with them as well to talk about that's what awesome. needs and what we, you know, what, and this is really the time when we all yeah. come together. I don't know if you guys know each other, but she's one of my dear friends yeah. and you oh, guys would have right. a love fest. We do. We all do of these each people other. coming together is just an incredible part. It's like all bets are off. We're all in this together yeah. going towards yeah. one goal and that's feeding people. So anything we can do, I'm definitely going to give, of course, to Fair Start, um, anything that the community can do to help with um with the mission so i'm well, and we you know it's we all win when we all win right oh, and that's sort of my motto that's my motto in life right like yes have, there's no there's no need to drag each other down because we all win a thousand percent and i you know when you're sitting on the sidelines and you're trying to figure out ways to help i like to get close to people who are taking action like you and like Alyssa and like you know mm -hmm. all the people involved with all in seattle mm -hmm. um because you do feel a little bit helpless, like, okay, mm -hmm. how can I do something? And it's not a going to an auction and writing a check. It's like, mm -hmm. I want people, fit. it's like a today thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's great what you're doing. So I'm curious, given you don't present as stressed out, but you have a lot going on with the kids and yeah. business and trying to hold it all together. And how are you staying centered? And what are your kind of COVID tricks that you can teach us? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I will... I feel like this week I've been, this last weekend I could um, relax as much as you can with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. So that's always really interesting. Yeah. Um, I did um, deploy a new tactic this weekend, which is helping out the, any fighting results in the cleaning of a bathroom. Oh, so, um, so that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. So my bathrooms are all really clean. Yeah. Um, so no, you know, I am trying really hard to just stay with, you know, working out um, a lot. That's sort of a, a thing that keeps me pretty grounded is just making sure that I like get out that like frenetic totally. energy, yes. um, getting up, you know, this weather and getting some fresh air, um, 
I'm not often good about making sure I get to bed early, but I'm trying to get to bed a little bit early um, and watching a bad TV or or two show. Oh, good. I'm glad you're doing that. Um, I'm like, please say you're doing something like naughty and indulgent. No, yes, yes. I just finished a series and so I'm looking for- Which one? Which one? We need good- Um, You. Oh yeah, that's- Oh my God. Did you watch the whole thing? Yes. That's such a train wreck, but like you just can't stop watching it, right? And you're just like, oh- it's a little bit like Dexter, like you're. Oh cheering. my God! Yes. Yeah, yeah, you want. He's a great actor. Yeah, he does such a good yeah. job in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, so and, funny. I binged that one. Yeah. So, and then the other, um, I think more people than not will be able to relate to this. In this whole thing, I adopted a puppy. Um, oh, you know, I want one. My husband's like, no, we're not getting a puppy. What kind of puppy did you get? Well, oh so, wait, I saw this on your. Yeah. I feel like I saw that. What yeah. kind of puppy? He's like a lab. I don't know. We think lab hound. I saw thing. this. Yeah. Yeah. So DNA test is pending, but um, so yeah. cute though. I did see pictures. It's kind of nice, and you know, just the whole world is just feels so uncertain. And there's this. You need little- a puppy, of course. Yeah, I know. And also, my my mentality about it, and my husband's not on the same page, but I was like, we're home, so we can like be with the puppy and train the puppy right now, and it's a good time for us to yeah. set set the tone. <laughs> well, I had told. But we already kids- have a dog that's like outside right now, so she doesn't. Oh. Arc during our oh, podcast yeah. so we don't well, so I did tell the kids that we could get a puppy in the summer um so this is sped it up a little bit but yeah. I would agree that you know I hopefully we'll be out doing fun things in the summer so we will we for sure will the weather is cooperating and yes. we will for sure and so I always ask this on the podcast as my last question um but ultimately what fuels you what gets you out of bed in the morning you know, I think for me, it's, I mean, this is so cliche to say that my kids, but a part of it is like, just knowing that I have the opportunity to leave a legacy that they would be really proud of, and that I will be really proud of at the end yeah. of the day, at the end of my life and the end of my career, that I can say that I did something that I feel really proud of. Um, and, you know, I think that the other thing, you know, Russell Wilson has the Why Not You Foundation, but really my grandma Doris actually, like, that's actually her saying, like, well, if you're not going to do it, then like who is? So yes. you may well. I love that saying. It's like, yeah. if not me, then who? Right. I mean, hers was hers was also like coupled with, so you should just stop whining about it. You go to it. <laughs> I like her. School of hard knocks. Yes. She sounds so, pretty old school. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I think that that's really what, what gets me up every day. And just knowing that I have an opportunity to, you know, to, to leave a legacy that, that will have a big impact on our community and you're doing it and you're doing it for your kids for sure especially with those cleaning the toilets I like that oh yeah well I mean (laughs) a little little discipline and a little inspiration never hurts you well the funny thing is they thought it was like I was really like frustrated and then I was like this is what's going to happen and they're like oh god she's really mad and I'm like you're gonna go clean the bathrooms and they thought it was hilarious they probably had fun because they're like playing they actually did they got their bucket and their little oh yeah it was it was actually a perfect distraction yeah I think all of our kids could use a little toilet cleaning right it's good that's the good that's coming out of this I'm playing a little bit hardcore right now and then I'm also trying to let go of a lot that I would have otherwise not let go of just because they're struggling I'm sure too and it just helps to just be like okay we can be okay with a little mess I can be okay with 
yeah. not, oh, you know, teaching them like yeah. Chinese right now. Like I'm trying not oh. to be super mom. Wow. That lasted like okay, a day. My gosh. I put together a whole schedule and that lasted like two days. Oh, so yeah. My kids are kind of feral so I mean they're like we went to the park yesterday and I was the mom who like went back to the car with two kids were like mud head to toe yeah yeah you got to be that way you just have to let it go yeah Yeah. well I can't wait to see you in person and give you I I mean are we hugging I'm a hugger like I'm not when this is over we are hugging like we are hugging yes I know well I know thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you for all your amazing work with fair start I hope anybody who hears this donates um I'm super inspired so yes thank you sending big kisses thanks you too thank you for listening to the what fuels you podcast Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You. (laughs) 